0: what is up everybody welcome to the week 14 dfs mvp podcast i'm your host tj hernandez the director of dfs at 444.com as always with our game time decision mr john daigle how you doing john holding up all right over there
1: doing well like the nfl uh yeah. this whatever's going around everyone's dealing with it has come for me yeah man uh four, four, i can't talk four days in a row um and it wallets me overnight on thursday so putting on my flu game for this, whatever the hell this slate is, like whatever's going on here. There's, There's a lot of chaos to discuss.
0: Man, we got holidays. We got sicknesses going around. I was dealing with a sore throat early in the week. So uh, we are going to fight through and hopefully get you guys to a nice, profitable um, week 14. Just as a reminder, if you haven't signed up for the DFS subscription yet, uh, the DFS price at 444 has gone down to $24 for the rest of the year. That's down from the original $99 price. We go through Super Bowl with our content and projections. So we still got a couple months of DFS, plenty of value on that $24 uh, subscription price. Make sure you get signed up for that. Uh, as we do every single week um, going into the week, our biggest decision point of the week. Uh, one big thing that we're looking at that is going to sway, hopefully sway fortunes in our favor. What stands out to you this week as, as far as that thing that's swinging your decisions?
1: It looks as if these late cheap running backs that we're adding onto the slate in Travis Homer, since only Tony Jones is active, yes, Ken Walker and um, uh, DJ Dallas are questionable, Dallas, yep. but also they were DMP throughout the week, so not expect, mm-hmm. not even factoring them in whatsoever, don't think they'll play at all. And so we may get Travis Homer, we may get Zonovan Knight, with Michael Carter removed from the injury report, uh, James Cook is very popular, and like normally I would say it's very easy to stay away from James Cook, but at 4,600 again, it seems like everyone's just going to pay down for running backs yet again because that's what allows you to get up to expensive wide receivers. And so I actually want to rank the expensive wide receivers with you because I think we have at least four, right? We have Justin Jefferson, Amon Rock St. Brown, Jamar Chase, who looks like his ownership will be a little more depressed with T. Higgins in, but that makes me even higher on him. And – AJ Brown. Uh am I missing like DK Metcalf? Did you say
0: did you say Diggs? Did you say Diggs?
1: Oh, no, I didn't say Diggs. Yeah, um yeah. okay, I didn't say Diggs. Okay. So I would like to rank those five with you, all things considered. We do know at least Justin Jefferson and Monroe St. Brown are going to be the highest rostered by a mile. Uh yes. And and again, you can get to them by paying down for these cheap running backs that I kind of want to avoid, to be honest. Uh, we'll we'll yes. sift through them as we go along. But anyways, JJ, AR Digs, Diggs, Jamar Chase, AJ Brown, who are, how are you ranking these guys? Uh,
0: are, are we talking about in, if we are considering ownership as well or how are we just ranking them straight up? I'm
1: sure, yeah.
0: Um, if, if we're considering ownership, I think Jamar is probably my favorite. Um, I, I think that that's a spot where uh, I think the game environment is going to be pretty friendly uh we're gonna get very heavy chuck joe mixon um in that game so even though cincinnati's offense is going to be owned i think jamar burrow maybe t higgins are like if they're double digit ownership it's in the low tens so it's going to be low enough i think where if you're playing jamar not only you're getting leverage off of Mixon, you're getting a price pivot off of justin jefferson and off of monroe st brown after that, I, I think I probably lean the Chalky guys. Um, I think I probably have ARSB more likely just because he's been such a target hog. I, I think the Vikings offense can go a lot of ways. We, we saw Just Jefferson have a bad game in the first game against the Lions, although I, I'm not really looking at like those player versus team splits. Um, but But I think it's more likely that the Vikings – uh, fine touchdowns or big games outside of Jefferson less likely for a Monroe Saint Brown and then I probably have I probably have AJ Brown last and Diggs fourth just because Diggs is going to be so low owned um because because I like Devontae in that game too I I, I think Diggs is going to be so low owned that um I, I think he's probably going to provide just a lot of leverage in general
1: at makes sense devonta also like last week can be a good pivot in like smaller field away from aj brown i do worry i know jalen hurts is popping and may may get to be a little popular since we don't have many options in the slate honestly um with high ceilings like his but i do still hate playing him in a week where like he was three percent roster and then broke the slate especially on FanDuel, Mm -hmm. and also like this is not, especially with Saquon Barkley, questionable. Like this is not a game where, like, the Eagles feel like they'll have to keep their foot on the gas. And how many times do we leave yeah. in these Eagles' offensive games because they only need one half, and then they actually don't matter for winning slates? So I'm t- I'm torn on the Eagles' offense, honestly.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same about. Uh, Like I I think them and Buffalo, maybe not Buffalo to the same extreme, because I think that game will be closer, that if you're playing those games, you're probably single stacking and just hope that your rushing quarterback and the pass catcher you choose get all of the points um, in that, whereas these other spots, obviously, with Minnesota and Detroit, even if you are eating the chalk or playing the stacks on those guys, you can play multiple players um, from that and try to make unique game stacks. I, I just don't think you could be game stacking eagles or or bills
1: it would be tough uh you know maybe run back Darius Slayton who's in our breakout wide receiver model Isaiah Hodgins has has gotten there was in was in actually the slant winner last week the nine dollar large field tournament just because he was 3,500 he's again 3,500 so but yeah it's not a situation where I'm looking right now anyways
0: yeah, the the big thing that I'm looking at this week, and you talked about the cheap running backs, but I mean, we, we if we look at some of the chalkier plays, um, we have some some expensive running back plays. The, the most uh, obvious one, Derrick Henry, and then on at least on Fanduel, Joe Mixon is is priced up. He's not as um, expensive on DK. But uh, where are we going to ex- to to spend up on expensive chalk? I, I think it's a week. There's there's so many big name chalk pieces like these these chalk pieces this week aren't bad players or bad plays they're phenomenal players and phenomenal spots so i i don't think it's going to be um like some of the weeks we've seen in recent weeks where almost all of the chalk whiffs uh i i think you're going to have to decide whether you're spinning up on these running backs or especially on DraftKings or spinning up on these stacks and these wide receivers it's going to be really hard to spin up on both almost impossible on draft kings and it's going to completely change the way that your um your lineups are built so if if you're playing a if playing a derrick henry it's going to be really hard to get to um these more expensive stacks especially like the justin jeffersons in the 9k range it's going to be hard to get two of those guys in your lineup so i don't think we're going to see a lot of those combos so it's going to be a lot of either or so where you decide to do that is really going to depend um how you are formulating your teams and it's going to take a lot of it's going to take a lot of puzzle work to try to figure out how you can separate from the field. Because, say you do play Derrick Henry, how do you catch these lion, expensive lions and and Viking stacks?
1: Agree. And it doesn't help that Je- Jefferson and Amon Ra are in a total that is five and a half points now higher than the next closest. And even That's like the big thing. even that Bengals Browns game, like at forty-seven. I don't have I don't have confidence in that one either. Uh, so, so yeah, I'm not, I'm genuinely not sure, especially because I think everyone will be intrigued by Matt Breida, Travis Homer, James cooks of the world, because then that does let you get to a Monroe and AJ Brown, for instance. So I'm, I'm still teetering back and forth. Uh, it doesn't help that I'm not scared of the expensive running backs in the slate at all, Like uh, Christian McCaffrey in a 37 point total with a seventh round rookie quarterback, uh, not worried about him too much. Derrick Henry, 2.6 yards per carry over the last month. Not worried about him too much. Saquon Barkley, 3.6 yards per touch over his last five games. And questionable. Not worried about him too much. So, like, I, I, I sifted through the expensive running backs, and I was just like, I don't care. Like, I don't think these guys will kill me. And maybe I could be wrong, but then that naturally gets me to go to the – middle of the road and i think the middle of the road running backs are going to be how we differentiate we do have the cowboys running backs coming in high but other than that everyone will just go down to cook on of a night skinny stack perhaps to uh to travis homer so yeah i'm still toying around with like what range is the most unique for us
0: yeah um i yeah I think I I kind of agree with your assessment of of the cheap running backs, especially because if we look at the Seahawks running backs, that is a late kickoff game. And the only other two games going at that time are the chiefs game and the Niners game. I I don't think we're going to have a lot of players from um, Niners Buccaneers, especially in that salary range that we're going to be able to swap to. I guess if you're playing isaiah pacheco late um in the flex then you will have you have the ability to flex to if it ends up being a travis homer game uh then you could do that but i just don't think a lot of people are going to play that so that's really the only flexibility we have um, in regards to, to that situation. And if it is a game time decision, the only way to to play that out is with the late swap, similar to what we had last week. Um, although it was pretty clear that Mixon wasn't going to play last week, but uh, they, they were in a, a late window. We were waiting on that news. So similar last week, but probably a little bit more extreme this week.
1: And P Ryan paying down for him and Jared Goff on draft Kings, which you allowed you to win because that lets you afford Devontae Adam and Tyree Hill who broke the slate. So that's, that's sort of the way I'm leaning as an overarching thought process as well since, again, if I don't think running backs are going to kill us, then I'm trying to prioritize two to three of these expensive guys
0: sure so that kind of leans kind of winded to uh what i was talking about where are we going to get that expensive shock uh, we'll figure out ways to get unique around those um expensive plays especially sunday morning in the discord which you need to sign up for 24 dollars through the end of the season uh as we do every single week before we get into our dfs plays uh one of our favorite games to get ready or to keep building bankroll uh on our d on top of our dfs plays is the underdog pick'em them plays uh, we uh, are. We need to get hot. We are going to get hot to end the season. Uh, we are. I'm, I have some picks straight from our prop gurus going into this week, and it ties into a lot with what I am doing uh, DFS wise this week. So if we can get the underdog screen up, um, I have a couple plays that I have uh, ready to go. Unless you have one that you want to fire,
1: let's run it. Let's get hot.
0: All right. Uh, this one is probably one of my favorite plays of the week in Mark Andrews over 60.5 receiving yards. Uh, as far as DFS goes, I mean, we'll talk um, on, on Sunday about Mark Andrews versus Travis Kelsey I actually like Kelsey a lot, but in this spot with uh, Huntley, I, I think everybody that has paid uh, even remote attention to any type of fantasy over the past week has heard about Huntley splits with Mark Andrews last year, his target shared nearly 30%. I don't see Huntley throwing to DeMarcus Robinson eight times again like he did last week. Uh, I, I think this is a really good spot for Andrews against Pittsburgh. Um, not the best line um, that you could find at 60.5, but I think it's a really good spot for him. Do you have any reservations about Mark Andrews this week?
1: Nope. Uh, Tied in receiving yards, totally fine. I do worry about him in DFS because... Yeah. I know that literally everyone in the world, my grandmother is now calling me talking about Mark yeah, Andrews yeah. splits with Tyler Huntley. Yeah. And like that, that Ravens game, they have a 17 point team total. Like I think it's pretty yeah. easy to stay away from DFF sure. if he's going to be over rostered. So that's the only way I look at it. But I am confident in his receiving yards.
0: Cool. Is there a play that you uh, want to throw out?
1: Uh, yeah, we can go to your second one. All right, cool.
0: Um, let's go with um, a game we already touched on uh, that you're a little bit worried about the receivers and the upside in that game, but a spot that I think is okay to attack is Jalen hurts rushing prop of 48.5 rushing yards. This prop is below his season average. Uh, he's averaging over 50 yards per game. And as Ryan Newton pointed out in his prop article this week, the two things that really help out a rushing quarterback are teams that blitz a lot and teams that play a lot of man-to-man coverage that is two things that the Giants do at one of the highest rates in the league obviously those blitzes if he breaks those um, lots of space for him man-to-man coverage those DBs with their back turned to him lots of space for him to run there Uh, 48.5 looks like a pretty nice rushing prop to go over on Hertz what do you think
1: Completely agree, and again, I still expect them to get there first half. It's just a matter of Giants pushing sure. them back for Hertz to yeah, reach yeah, his ultimate ceiling. Like even even last week, at least against the Titans, uh, he played you know forty eight minutes. But we talked about that spot on Friday and in the Discord chat on Sunday morning. It was just the the perfect spot for Hertz.
0: Absolutely. Do you have a, a third play you want me to look up here?
1: Uh, I do not in front of me. So unless you have right. one, I'm fine locking in two and getting yeah, off let's the snide try to here. let's
0: try let's try to get off the side here with a little two team or seventy five dollars pays out for a twenty five dollars pick. make sure you guys are um, tailing these. If you haven't signed up yet, go to 444.com dot com slash underdog or use a promo code four 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 when you sign up for a new underdog account. that'll get you a free DFS subscription at four 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 and a one hundred percent match. Up to 100 if you are listening on the audio we post these picks on twitter um after the show so hopefully when you're listening you can uh still get these lines but if you're watching live uh, you should be able to lock them in as we speak let's get to the best part of the show the dfs plays of the week as always starting at quarterback uh i like your play a lot because this is a game that i even though one of the best offenses in the league this is a game that's going to uh get overlooked somehow.
1: No one's going to play the Chiefs outside of Pacheco because, again, everyone is paying up for Mark Andrews, given his splits from Huntley in the past, if they pay up a tight end. uh, And everyone's thinking to spend down at quarterback right now. So I like Patrick Mahomes. I do admittedly have a very small quarterback pool this week just because of the way the slate's mixed up. And the best part is, like one, I don't need to play any of the Chiefs receivers, all who are healthy. looks like Kadarius Tony may even go. I can just play Travis Kelsey, knowing where Patrick Mahomes is going to go for touchdowns. And combined, Kelsey and Mahomes are going to be, in my opinion, less than 10% roster. So we already have that working for them and the second highest team total behind the Cowboys of the week. But also, everyone's worried about the game script. We've seen... Uh, Patrick Mahomes, when the, the Chiefs beat the 49ers 44-23, Mahomes finished with 423 yards and three touchdowns. Whenever they beat the Rams 26-10 and just toyed with their food throughout that game a couple weeks ago, uh, Mahomes finished with 22.5 fantasy points. So that there is still a, a ceiling here for them to just run through the Broncos. So yeah, I like trying to soak up, if I'm paying up at that position, the passing touchdowns at, away from Pacheco
0: yeah i mean I, I definitely like the chiefs a lot I, I i wrote up individual plays um from this game but obviously, you can skinny stack it, especially if uh, people are going to have some ex- other expensive skinny stacks. I mean, talking about single stacking it with Kelsey, I-, I love these spots where we get this, like like the best player at his position isn't even going to be the most popular player at his position in the same game. On the other side, Greg Dulcich is going to be probably chalk on both sides, definitely on draft kinks, which is like I-, I get the salary savings. But I mean, if we're going to get a 25% Dulcich versus a uh, 6% Kelsey, like that's a slam dunk in tournaments, right?
1: Dulcich on the same usage, three games prior to last week, averaged four fantasy points, four DraftKings points. Like I just, I'm not playing 25, 30% Dulcich. That's insane.
0: Yeah, it's it's preposterous. Um, the uh, the big game of the week, the one everybody is going to be talking about, is the Minnesota Vikings at the Detroit Lions. I'm highlighting Jared Goff here at 7100 on FanDuel, 5600 on DraftKings, just because we have him rated so high in our rankings at four for four in this game with a 51 and a half point uh, over under. With the Lions being favored at home, their game total or their team total of 26.75 is the second highest on the slate um lions games are averaging 54 points per game that is the most in the league but when they are in that dome in detroit that jumps up to 61.4 points uh so that is obviously um what everyone is i guess we're, we're calling are we calling it the course field of football now is that what we have to do is that the rule i believe it's uh, ball- what <laughs> calling it now <laughs> both teams top 10 in passing rate over expectation in the last six weeks. That the, that's the only matchup with two teams in the top 10 in that time span. Uh, both defenses have been atrocious versus the uh, the pass. Both bottom 10 in schedule adjusted points allowed to quarterbacks, to wide receivers, to tight ends. One thing that helps Jared Goff out, DJ Shark and DeAndre Swift both look like they're at full strength. So just more weapons for Goff to throw to against this bad defense. We have him ranked as a top four value on both sites. He's our top quarterback value on DraftKings. Probably the most popular quarterback on the slate, but uh, rightfully so, I think.
1: And there are two ways to look at it. If this game fails, then the rest of the slate is wide open for anyone for the taking. Uh, also, though there are enough strong options here, I would argue for the first time all season, we have stacking partners with Jared Goff. So I think you can play five, six players from this game in order to get unique around it as well.
0: Yeah, and even though I think Goff is is going to be the most popular quarterback on the slate, and Amon-Ra will challenge as the most popular receiver, if you look at four for four's projections, we actually have the Vikings with the higher cumulative passing game projection because more people are likely to play the ancillary pieces of the Vikings than they are than the Lions. So uh, just think about that when you're building it. If you are game stacking this, it's more likely that the Lions side will be unpopular. I think we have five guys on the Viking side projecting for double digit ownership. So, uh, you know, if you throw in the 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 Charks or the Khalif Raymonds of the world, you're going to be unique already.
1: We're going to talk about a couple of them as well.
0: Yeah, I think um, going on to running backs, I think we're making DFS MVP history going on. We, we are in our um, eighth year now. I, I don't think we've ever suggested two running backs from the same team. We don't need, we, we almost going back to day one, rarely if ever talked to the co-host about our picks, we picked two running backs from the same team.
1: We did. And on FanDuel in particular, I like Ezekiel Elliott more because he will have be significantly less rostered than Tony Pollard since Pollard is $500 cheaper. Everyone's brains are going to shut off and just not get up to Elliott at at a site where we're chasing touchdowns anyhow as well. And Elliott's been awesome the past two games, Um, over 5.5 yards per carry, not to mention last week 20 touches, and that's in a game he didn't start because apparently he was benched for midway through the second drive until then because apparently he had pulled out his phone during a meeting, I think was the report. I don't know. But either way, it's the Texans. It's a Cowboys offense averaging 37.5 points per game since Dak returned from injury. It's a a Cowboys offense that is the only one with a team total over 30 on this slate, which is three and a half points higher than the next closest. So it just makes so much sense here when I ask, how do I diversify? How do I get unique around Tony Pollard um, or Ezekiel Elliott? Honestly, dude, like I'm open to playing both because that also allows you to get off the cheap running backs. And again, I talked about the more expensive running backs that people may get to as, as like leverage. Um, I would just rather take two running backs in a 30 point team total for a run heavy team and go that way.
0: Yeah. um, If, if someone listens to that and say that is absurd, how do you play both? The winning Fanduel lineup last week uh, on the Sunday million playing against almost 300,000 opponents. Um, the running back fantasy points, 14.3 and 8.4. So you can get there without your running backs going off. And on top of that, Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott twice in the past three weeks have both gone over 15 half PPR points in the same game. That's only happened six other times all year. No other set of teammates has done that this year. And if they're going to do that again, it's going to be in a game where they um, are blowing out the team, and this is the game that's setting up for a blowout. Favored by 17 and a half points. This is the biggest spread of the year. Over the past decade, we've only had 17 other games close with a spread of 17 or more. The favorite is covered in those spots 11 times at 65% of the time, and Houston is arguably the biggest run funnel in the league. They're 28th in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. Their top three versus quarterbacks and wide receivers a lot of that probably has to do with game script but that doesn't matter because most likely we're getting this very good game script on top of it dallas is a team that's been favoring the run even though deck has been crazy efficient since he's been back they're still running at the seventh highest rate relative to expectation houston faces the highest run rate relative to expectation uh we have pollard as a top three value on both sides so I think especially on DraftKings where we're getting the the pass-catching points, he's cash viable even though he might only play 50% of the snaps. Um, But like you said, they're they're both clearly tournament viable, Uh, and Zeke is a crazy leverage play this week. Tony Pollard will be quite popular, uh, but but you could definitely play both. And I, I think probably more on FanDuel than on DraftKings. You could play them together. Did you agree with
1: that? I do, though I am still tempted to play them both on DraftKings. You mentioned 15 PPR points. They've also both finished on DraftKings twice in the last three games as top 12 running backs in those same games. So, like, and this slate, it wouldn't be shocking if they both finished like in the top five, top eight together. So, I'm absolutely open to it. It's also like another way to play the Cowboys defense if you want to play both of them and the Cowboys defense, since it's pretty easy to get to the Cowboys defense and everyone's going to
0: yeah and i mean i'm not saying you should be targeting you know 15 points or under from your running backs in in a tournament obviously that's not we're going for but the point is if you can have a unique build and um if, if the players um you know let you have you still need ceiling games all the way around but um if you're if you're getting to a unique build, that's sometimes uh, as important as just something like ownership on its own. Uh, moving on to receivers, you have two ancillary players from the most important game of the week. So instead of uh, going back and forth, I'll just let you talk about um, both of these guys that go by their initials.
1: When I think about how to play the Lions-Vikings game and lineups where I choose to do so, I think about Jared Goff, Jared Goff double and triple stacks for instance, with DeAndre Swift, Amon R. St. Brown, and D.J. Shark. Let's start there. D.J. Shark, because the Vikings are one of only two defenses allowing over 10 yards per target and 100 yards per game to receivers from out wide, and that, of course, is where Shark runs a majority of his routes, also led Detroit in routes run, and had his high target share since – he returned from injury last week. 47% of Detroit's air yards in that game. Um, And given that Minnesota is allowing, over the last month, eight and a half, 15-yard plays through the air in that span, I think Chark is an amazing play this week on both DraftKings and FanDuel. And then when I look on the other side and I say, okay, if I'm trying to get to five, six players in that game, uh, I have a little more confidence in K.J. Osborne than a lot of people, and that's fine because he's 3,500, and first off, no one in 3,500 range scares me. I they're gonna people are gonna jam the Texans wide receivers. They're gonna jam Elijah Moore, and I just don't care about any of them. Whereas uh, at least KG Osborne, like Evan Ingram last year last week, we held our nose and just bet on game script and it came to fruition. Uh, in this case, look at the lines against slot receivers the last three games. Wando Robinson, nine for hundred, Isaiah McKenzie, six ninety-six and one on Thanksgiving, and Christian Kirk, six for one oh four last week. And Osborne, it is the player who has led this team in routes run from the slot on 57% of his routes run, also 87% of Minnesota's snaps since they acquired T.G. Hawkinson. So Osborne, given that the Vikings are also dropping back in 11 personnel, three wide sets, at a league high rate in the in the NFL, like Osborne's the one who's going to be in the slot. And so I think it is actually great if you're stacking Jared Goff or Kirk Cousins to sneak him in here as like the cheapest rostered ancillary option
0: yeah i i wrote up dj Chark. he's probably my favorite um he, he's definitely my my favorite way to get unique in my lion stack and i i thought about kg osborne obviously because as i mentioned at the top five vikings are, are are going to draw double digit ownership he he won't um he will be on the field but i i couldn't really figure out why i liked uh, osborne other than leverage so so you sum it up really nicely and especially on DraftKings, i i think osborne um maybe just from a a, a lineup building perspective might be more important to add to stacks um on that side than DJ Chark to the Jared Goff side just because of um the the, the salary difference of the uh expensive receivers in that game. Amon R St. Brown at 7,800 on DraftKings, that's so much cheaper on DraftKings than the $9,000 that Justin Jefferson is compared to the 8,600 versus 9,300 on FanDuel where pricing is more open. So KJ Osborne kind of offsets the, um, the investment in that stack. Uh, compared especially at a flex position compared to trying to double um, with say uh, TJ Hawkinson or something like that so um, I I do actually like the Osborne call quite a bit Um, but that that game is obviously one that we are paying attention to and those guys are very important because as you said if you are going to get unique in those games I think those are probably the two most important players at least from a passing game perspective to get unique with Um, the two guys that I think are really just tremendous values and cash game plays this week uh tournament plays for sure but, but i think we'll find their way into my cash lineups uh Devontae smith and garrett wilson Devonte smith especially on Fanduel. Devonte 7k on Fanduel, 6300 on DraftKings. uh we we already talked about that game against the giants as seven and a half point favorites uh even though aj brown had the blow up game last week over the past month Devonte smith is the one with a 31 percent target share he's sixth in target share over the last month the giants are 20th and schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers, and now they're going to be without a dory Jackson. So we have Devontae as a, a top two value uh, among wide receivers, priced below eight k on Fanduel, and then Garrett Wilson on both sides He's just a tremendous value, seventy two hundred Fanduel, especially at fifty nine hundred on DK in the two games with Mike White, at least eight targets per game, at least twenty seven percent of the team targets. The Jets have jumped from twenty fourth in passing rate over expectation. In the six weeks prior to Mike White to 14th in the two games with him as 10-point underdogs, probably going to be a game that lends itself to a pass heavy game script for the Jets. Buffalo's 29th in schedule, adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends. Devontae Smith probably gets ownership on FanDuel. Garrett Wilson will definitely get ownership on both sides, especially on DraftKings. Uh so if you're playing Wilson, probably gonna want to offset him with, with he, he'll probably if, if Diggs is really Low owned Wilson actually probably makes sense at least in a mini stack there. Uh, Devonte even if he is owned, I think you could play him as a standalone play, but uh, both cash viable for me.
1: I don't want to be the person that fades Garrett Wilson at fifty nine hundred either. I'm I'm trying yeah. to figure out how to play it. I don't know necessarily how yet for tournaments.
0: Yeah, I think uh, again. I mean, it, it's it's going to come down to. I, I think probably it's going to be tough to. Um, it's going to be tough to play him with the chalky wide receivers like we just don't see a lot of lineups with uh two 20 wide receivers hit it's just really hard for that position to do so i think if i am playing him um it's probably with more contrarian wide receivers maybe like if i'm playing chalk joe Mixon or chalk derrick henry maybe he makes more sense there but uh i'm not completely sure about
1: that i'd think on it
0: Paydown at tight end, we already talked about Greg Dulcich, but uh, there's a team that is completely void of wide receivers, so they might lean on two tight ends this week.
1: And I like a couple paydown options around Greg Dulcich in tournaments. My favorite, though, is Chig Okonkwo, because the Jaguars not only allowing a league-high 9.3 yards per target to opposing tight ends, but now without Traylon Burks, I think we can not think too hard on why Okonkwo popped for season highs and route rates, fifty-five percent routes on Tannehill's dropbacks and a uh, season high five targets for a nineteen-point-two percent target share. Because then we can just simply say, oh, it, the they had to play a more because of their lack of bodies at wide receiver and Traylon Burks was out. So I'm looking at that again at twenty-seven hundred. I would much rather go toe-to-toe with Greg Dulcich uh, with Okonkwo at you know twenty percent less ownership.
0: Yeah, this is. It's how, I actually wrote this game up as one that uh, I kind of like mini stacks in, which Dude, it's going to be hard to high on
1: Tannehill. And yeah. uh, like we lost Burks. We may not have Trevor Lawrence. It's like, well, yeah, I don't know. What, yeah. I, I even, you know, if we had Lawrence, I think Zay Jones is an awesome play, but I had to like delete them from my article on four for four because I can't support them if we don't get the starting, like the best starting players here.
0: Yeah, the, the, the injuries are going to throw a wrench in that. But, uh, and obviously we have some uh really good game environments elsewhere but it's just like an oddly there, there's always like one oddly intriguing game on the slate and uh if the if uh if lawrence plays i think it'll stay that way um going back to the uh, most popular game of the week it's just rare that we get a game that laps the field like this in terms of expectations so um if That's how it falls, and we're going to keep giving you players from that game. My guys, TJ Hawkinson, 6,500 FanDuel, 5,100 DraftKings, third most routes per game among tight ends since joining the Vikings, six-plus targets in every one of those games. Um, Obviously, we got the revenge game narrative. I don't think we need that because the game is a blow up spot anyway. And he's getting a ton of usage that usage hasn't translated into huge games yet. And because of that, he is the top wide receiver in our DFS positional breakout model this week, um, as Pat James wrote up uh, this morning. Detroit is 30th in schedule adjusted points allowed to the position. I, I don't think Hawkinson is cash viable on DraftKings just because that 5,100 uh, price range is, is pretty tough. Like, I, I think it's pay all the way down or, or jamming Kelsey, which even then, I, I just don't think you could jam in Kelsey this week. Um, so, in cash, I think you kind of have to pay down on DK. But on Vandal, I think he is very cash viable at 65. We have him as a top three value on both sides um, in this blow up game.
1: Where do you think he'll be at in tournaments?
0: I think he'll be in that 15 to 20% range.
1: That's pretty high roster.
0: It's really high. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, It's going to be tough. That's why KJ Osborne's great player. (laughs) Who do you like on defense?
1: Honestly, if you don't play the Cowboys, which uh, I think I still am in cash games, because I don't want to be the person going against Davis Mills without the Cowboys' defense, and they're <laughs> yeah. they're actually easily affordable given the context of the slate. Yeah, uh, anyone you play is going to be contrarian this week. So yeah, I like yeah. I like dropping down just a hundred more on DraftKings for the Eagles. Again, it's looking like Saquon Barkley is going to be a true game time decision, and even if he plays. You know, I've talked about this on so many shows. Like he's just lost the pop. Like he's not a player you're scared of anymore. Very clearly sore and tired from the overworkload for this Giants team this this season. So yeah, I think the Eagles, uh, you know, are in a smash spot to get it done in the first half against the Giants. Over touchdown favorites on the road. So just a just a good spot that everyone's going to overlook since they are priced right next to Dallas.
0: Yeah, you you talked about the um like the the middle salary range maybe being the sweet spot across the board this week and i think that that translates to the defense there's a lot of um spreads that are like four points or under with a lot of teams that aren't very good or have a lot of injuries and that leads to really wide ranges of outcomes so um one of the teams in this sweet spot is the ravens at 4100 on fandle 3300 on DraftKings at the steelers the steelers actually are, are cheaper and are home favorites so they're could be if, if if cowboys aren't mega chalk i think steelers could be the the second most popular um defense on, well i think they will be the second most popular defense on the slate but if they aren't mega chalk i think pittsburgh's could still be like uh, fairly high double digits um pittsburgh is 12th in pass rate over expectation those passes lead to scoring opportunities for the defense baltimore six in adjusted sack rate pittsburgh bottom half of the league in adjusted sack rate allowed and i mentioned if uh if, if Cowboys aren't super chalky, then this will be a nice leverage play off of Pittsburgh. Absolutely. Uh, we got through this one a little quicker than usual. We're saving Dago's voice for Sunday. we got to get this man rested up. We need him. We, we need him at 100% for the weekend. But uh, hopefully we got you guys all the information you need packed into a slightly short, shorter show this week. As always, uh, expanded ideas coming out Sunday morning on our Sunday morning Discord, 745 a.m. Pacific Time 10 45 a.m. Eastern Time. Get signed up for that with uh, our new price of $24 for the rest of the season. If you don't have an underdog subscription yet, you can use the promo code 444 when you sign up for a new underdog account and get a free DFS subscription plus a 100% deposit match. Uh, if you enjoy us and want to give back to the show, if you are listening on your favorite podcast platform, please leave us a five star rating or review. If you're watching on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to the four for four channel. And you can follow us on Twitter. Daigle is at not J Daigle four for four is at four for four football. I'm at TJ Hernandez. Talk to you Sunday morning.